Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, this is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning Lyle. Morning Mon, what are you drinking there? Oh, I'm about to make myself a cup of throat coat. Let me see that. Let me see that. It's, smell it. Smell it. It smells okay. so good. It's like right, my, right. my my all-time favorite tea. Unfortunately, you can't find it in Australia. I had to find it in America. It's called Throat Coat. It has like... Oh. Lemon. It smells good, right? It smells amazing. I think I made you one of these before and I told you it was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, I think when you had like a sore throat or something, it's got like lemon oh. echinacea and stuff in it and it just... But it has like a sweet spiciness to it without actually having anything sweet or spicy in it, which is, you know, always miraculous. But it's so nice, isn't it? <laughs> Okay, we're going to have a problem here soon. <laughs> Give me back that baggie. <laughs> yeah, lemon echinacea, licorice, uh, marshmallow leaf, lemon myrtle leaf, uh, fennel fruit, sweet orange peel, and cinnamon bark. Okay, so next time you go to the United States, I'm going to put my order in. Yeah. I'm actually surprised it has lemon myrtle because that's a traditional Australian thing. Like, that's our thing. Hmm. Yeah. We should Google this, find out whether we can get some here in this country. Maybe. I'm sure you could buy it online. Anyway, what are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? Herbal teas of all flavours. I like um, all the different flavours yeah. of herbal teas. Yeah, yeah. You and I really like our herbal teas, mm. don't we? Um, I, I like... I, it's just so much variety of yeah, herbal teas. They're so That's what nice. I like about it. You know, you you get your black tea, your green tea, which is just like, yeah. Yeah. And then you get all the million all different flavours of herbal teas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, let me try that one. Ooh. It's like it's like having a box full of chocolates. You have all kinds of different flavours. Like yeah. you want to try this and you want to try that and you want to try the other. And sooner or later you've tried them all. And there's none left and you have diabetes. And <laughs> 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 Okay, herbal tea won't give you diabetes anytime soon, all right? <laughs> you should come to my house. I have like my entire tea collection piled up against the wall, like a whole wall of it. And then every time someone comes to the house, I make them have a cup of tea. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Should come around. I, I definitely should. We're, we're actually hammering our way through it because I've been I'm trying to downsize it. So, yeah, I keep pushing people to have tea. <laughs> like, you're having a cuppa. Like it or not. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we have a great show coming up I'm for you today. I'm surprised you haven't sold it on Gumtree. <laughs> no, no, no. None of that. None of that. <laughs> This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. Well, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses The voice I hear Falling on my ear The Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of His voice All the birds hush their singing And the melody that He gave to me is in my heart Just a ring a ring a ring a ring a ring And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own 
And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known doesn't wake you up nothing will that's daniel martin moore with in the garden here on faith fm gives our clue there mon what's the quiz got for us today today is a who am i quiz clue number one is this wait let me just check this is the hardest one you always do this every yeah, morning i'm getting let me savvy check. Let me i'm check. getting savvy to it it's just the hardest one just be just be happy with it yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if number one or number two is harder. I think I might just go with how they're written, just in case. Okay. Or maybe I should go with number one. Make number up two. your mind. Okay, okay, okay we're okay. going to be all morning here <laughs> deciding which <laughs> clue is the hardest of the clue. Okay, 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 okay. Clue number one. I'll keep it in order. Who am I? I said this. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods, for he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. You look stumped, and I'm very, very pleased about that. <laughs> if you know the answer, give us a call. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. I'm thinking that's in a modern translation. You can text your answers to 0491-064-669. Right answer will get the prize and you get double prizes if you can figure it out before Lyle does who's looking for excuses as to why he doesn't know the answer even though the real answer is that he just doesn't know it that's the real reason uh-huh you know you've got to make a guess you know you've got to have a stab in the dark nothing just a uh, blank, blank piece of paper um mm, yeah um, my head in the right direction no okay, I'm not going to bother even writing the rest, rest of that one down it's long <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. What have you got for us, um, Mon, with uh, positively different news this morning? I have got some news about two cool pieces of technology that are really helping out. Um, saving food, basically, which is really cool. Have you ever heard of crop, uh, sorry, crop Mobster? No. So it's an app that's been uh, developed by uh, a company called Tech Republic. And uh, this is a really cool, innovative online platform. Basically, it's solving the problem of excess food. Um, so a lot of uh, it started off actually with just with farmers. Um, so a lot of you know local farmers they have uh, excess produce. Produce just goes to waste because it's not perfect enough for the supermarket or for their big buyers. 
And, um, you know, we've all heard crazy stories about this. I, don't, I can't remember if it was my parents. Maybe it was you, Lyle, talking about um, some strawberry farm that they were, like, dumping tons and tons of strawberries because they just weren't in perfect shape. You know, it's just so terrible. Um, Sickening. Yeah, it is <clears throat> because the fruit all tastes the same. Yep. <clears throat> and it doesn't take much. Often, often it's the gnarly-looking ones well, that, that actually the have best. the most sugar. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's crazy. So Crop Mumpster uh, is, a, is, a, um, is an app that's decided to solve this problem um, by not just dealing with the excess food, but connecting it with families in need. <clears throat> so it takes um, it's a so family farmers can uh, um, download this app basically, and uh, and list their leftover food, and then people who need it can just come get it. It's like it's literally that simple, and. Um, you know, while it supplements the income, it also funnels food to those in need because they, they do sell it for like a, a much cheaper price or they just give it away for free. And uh, and so far, Crop Mobster has prevented millions and millions of servings of food, local food, from going to waste. And, um, you know, the guy who developed it, uh, Papadopoulos, his name is, he said he doesn't believe in competition in this sector. In almost every case, um, these businesses are in complementary of each other. So just because there's like local farmers all next door, it doesn't matter. They can all just get, well, not get rid of, but, you know, prevent their food from going to waste. So it was actually founded in 2013 and it's been just growing and growing ever, ever since. So farmers list their surplus food as well as now other farm products. So if they have like a tractor they don't need anymore or like they don't want anymore, they can actually list it as well. And I guess other farm farming equipment, I really don't know much about that. Um, and it gives buyers the opportunity to purchase like, you know, all these useful supplies as well as the food at really affordable rates. Um, and they can also donate them as well. And uh, the, the uh, you can actually go to the website. It has a website and an app, Crop Mobster, so check it out. And, uh, and it also uses... Like the algorithm uses Facebook and other social media to get the word out about the unused goods, so it, it reaches a huge, um, a huge list of people. And uh, this is so cool. They were actually, there's actually a success story coming out of California where they use Crop Mobster, where they helped a primary school start a vegetable garden, and then even ended up providing a vehicle for a grocery grocery delivery run because the vegetable garden that the uh, the <laughs> The kids were, were growing, had so many leftovers in and of itself that they were able to then support um, a community project uh, called Serious Community Project, uh, which um, basically makes food for healthy meal programs for the seriously ill. So it was like this whole like ch- chain of good deeds. So Crop Mobster helped the primary school start a, a vegetable garden by donating everything they needed for that, which then got uh, a delivery van and then donated its leftovers to the Serious Community Project, which then makes healthy meals for the seriously ill. Like it's just this beautiful beautiful chain of uh, people helping people helping people and that's awesome and it all just started that's with really, really one little piece of innovation and uh, and just another example like it's, it's grown so it doesn't have to just be farmers who are doing their surplus um produce it's even just like for what the example here it says they had a professional chef who you know just had leftover ingredients in her fridge and so she just posted a picture of the contents of her fridge and she said within an hour it was gone and like this all happens to all of us. A lot of us have a lot of food in our fridge that we don't end up eating. And I think if we just, I think, got maybe realistic about that, you know, instead of denying it, but oh, I'll eat them, oh, I'll eat them, I'll, and you know you're not going to eat them. You know it's going to end up in the garbage. It's already half gone. Just stick them on Crop Mobster and help someone who's actually hungry and actually will eat them, eat them. Um, so, yeah, this is a great, great app, great platform. Um, crop mobster. I keep saying crop. I don't know why. Crop mobster um, also wants to address the climate crisis. Um, so 
uh, it's um, trying to combat greenhouse gases emissions um, through just through the use of surplus food. Because if people waste food, then they have to create more food. And so I'm just I'm so into this website. This is so good. Check it out Crop Lobster. I want to say one more thing before we're out of time, Lyle. And I think you might be interested in this, even though I, for the life of me, can't figure out how this works. But some MIT uh, researchers have invented cheap little refrigerators that can cool without needing any kind of power. Okay. That's... How do you reckon they've done it? I have really no idea. So they, they have a way of providing cooling on a hot sunny day using inexpensive materials and uh, requiring no fossil fuel generated power. So it's called a passive system. Primarily being held as a way to preserve food and medications in hot off-grid locations, it's essentially a high-tech version of a parasol. A parasol. Yeah, yeah. You know what a parasol is? No. It's like an umbrella that ladies used to use in the old-timey days to like keep the sun off them. So they've invented shade. <laughs> yeah. So like, umbrella keeps the rain off you. Parasol keeps the sun off you. Okay. So All the right. system allows so, emission wait. of heat. At mid-infrared range of light that can pass straight out through the atmosphere and radiate into the cold of outer space, punching right through the gases that act like a greenhouse. So to prevent heating in the direct sunlight, a small strip of metal suspended above the device blocks the sun's direct rays. Does that make any sense? Uh, No, but there's two things that sort of, um, you know... That, that that just jump out to me right there. The first is that there's a thin piece of metal above this thing. Okay, so you've got some shade. Yes, you've invented shade. But then this is this concept of um, punching a hole in the Earth's ozone layer. Why, aren't we worried about punching holes in the Earth's ozone layer? You know, isn't this a bit of an issue? And then what are they doing? Sucking cold... Cold. Well, I can't suck cold in an air in outer space. No air in space. So sucking coldness from space back down through this metal tube. It sounds like a lot of voodoo to me. It says they said this is a department head and our study collaborator Evelyn Wang said by having. She said it's deceptively simple. Okay. By having a separate. That's that's making me feel. <laughs> she said by having a separate shade and an emitter to the atmosphere, two separate components which can be relatively low cost, the system doesn't require special ability to emit and absorb selectively. She said we're using angular select- selectivity to allow blocking the direct sun as we continue to emit the heat carrying wavelength to the sky. Like, I, I don't get it, but it's really cool. Okay. <laughs> I will admit it is definitely a very cool invention, and I'd like to see. How much will it drop temperature by? Uh, what was it, 20 degrees, I think it said? Yeah, 20, as much as 20 degrees Celsius. As much as? Yeah, yeah. Below the ambient temperature in a location like Boston, they said. Um, they've achieved a cooling of six so far. Um yeah, but there's a lot of sciencey stuff here. I'm just going to skip over because I don't get it. I don't think anyone else can get it. But yeah, how cool is that? I would love to have a refrigerator that didn't need to be plugged in. Because yeah. one thing, they make a lot of noise and it's hard to sleep near Hang something up above your house and you stay cool. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think we can do it. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names And he decides who to free and who to blame 
Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden letter reaching down when the man comes around. The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers, one hundred million angels singing, multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum. Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree The virgins are all trimming their wicks The whirlwind is in the thorn tree it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom Then the father hen will call his chickens home The wise men will bow down before the throne And at his feet they'll cast their golden crowns Whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still. Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still. Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still. Listen to the words long written down. When the man comes around. Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers. One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree the virgins are all trimming their wicks. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. In measured a hundredweight and penny pound. When the man comes around. Welcome back, guys. That was, of course, Johnny Cash with When the Man Comes Around here on Faith FM. Give us another clue for this uh, Who quiz. Who am I, month. quiz? Mm-hmm. I am also known 
Ezreal. You should have started with that one. They're both obscure. You still haven't got it, have you? Not even close. No. <laughs> Not even close. Give us a couple double prizes coming out your way if you can tell me the answer before Lyle does. You're so confused right now. Look at you. <laughs> Just give it up, Lyle. Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, right, right. Let's wait and see what's happening around the world. Okay, Newcastle Anglican Bishop, Bishop Stewart, has broken ranks with the Anglican Church to support the uh, proposed New South Wales state legislation on abortion. Okay. Um, so, of course, uh, Sydney Archbishop Glenn Davies um, and has you know come out very strongly against the legislation, you know, pointing out that it allows for late-term abortion simply because a mother wants to take the life of a child. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to have a child, so she kills the child, essentially. And so, uh, you know, this is what the the legislation is allowing for. Um, it does not require any other reason, as in medical issues or disabilities that the unborn child might have. It simply, you know. Mother decides some t- somewhere late in the uh, in the pregnancy that she doesn't want to have the child anymore, and so she's like, "Yeah, I'm just going to kill my child," and she's allowed to do that, and doctors are not allowed to stop her from doing so. And so the uh, the child has absolutely no rights whatsoever at all. Uh, we take the rights away from the weakest of the weak, and we give it to the stronger in favour of the weak. This is the this is the worst kind of oppression I can I can even begin yeah, to imagine. It just it just Blows my mind. You know, we the, talk about we talk about uh, you know the vulnerable members of society, and this is basically sentencing the vulnerable members of our society to death. Mm. The most vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're going to rank them, then the most vulnerable are the unborn yeah. members of our society. Uh-huh. You know, and then you and then you work up through the ranks to those that have been born, and then you you got your social, low socioeconomic and all you know, etc., etc., etc. These are the most vulnerable members of our society, and we know that they are the most vulnerable members of them because a quarter of them are being killed already. Yeah. Um, and so that's you know something that we need to we need to see change. But unfortunately, it looks like this bill is getting a lot of support um, in the state parliament um, now. Um, Anglicans, he he does point out that you know Anglicans oppose oppose abortion as a means of birth control, um, family planning, sex selection, or convenience, and we all agree with that. We oppose abortions because of those reasons. But when one in four pregnancies in this state are ending in abortion, then how is allowing for this going to bring about the desired effect of? You know, people not using it for birth control, people not using it for family planning, sex selection, or convenience. Mm. You know, this is not solving the problem. Um, he has uh, um, um, uh, Newcastle uh, Bishop uh, Stewart has stated that abortion should be allowed for feelings of concern, worry, or dread by the mother. Oh, come on. Um, and also in situations of poverty. It's not a good enough reason. It's not good enough, no reason. Okay, so this is, a, this is a name and a shame this morning. Uh, Bishop Stewart, you need to actually stop and think about you know, the fact that the Bible says that a baby can be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment of conception. 
That's what the Bible says. And because you're a Christian, I'm going to speak to you as one Christian to another and point out this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible teaches. There is a right and a wrong here. Uh, the Bible teaches thou shalt not kill. The Bible teaches that we should look out for the most vulnerable members of our society, those who are the weakest of the weak, those who cannot speak for themselves. They are the ones that we should be speaking up for, and they are the ones that we should be protecting wherever we possibly can. And I understand that you know there are going to be mothers out there who are not in a position to be mothers, but we have a system in society for dealing with these kinds of situations. And we have so many wonderful, wonderful people of society who have, you know, grown up, uh, you know, in foster care or adoption or, you know, the, all of the different kinds of options that we have out there. And I know it's not easy and I know it's tough and I know they're going to struggle. I get that. Um, but really, how many ideal families do we have? Mm, yeah, you no. know, I grew up in a single parent, parent mm. home and uh, I grew up well below the poverty line. Um, and, and, and as such, you could say that there was an argument for me to be aborted. Mm. You're like, oh, he's going to grow up his entire childhood below the poverty line. That's a terrible idea. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and now certainly my, my, uh, my parents were not, you know, um, involved in drug addiction or, you know, depression or any of these kind of things, but, um, you've just got to stop and ask yourself the question, when are we going to stop playing God with this and trying to predict a child's future? Yeah, exactly. You know, we might look at it and say, well, they have a very, very grim outlook. But we have absolutely no idea what their future is and how their future could be changed in the life that they could possibly end up living um, if we give them that chance. We need to give them a chance. It's such faithlessness. It boggles my mind that a baby inside a tummy can be killed, but as soon as it's outside the tummy, it can't be killed. Like, what's the difference? Like, what, 20 centimeters? Like, inside the tummy, outside the tummy. Like, it, how is the womb the changing factor but, between you being a, a woman being allowed to murder her baby and a woman not being allowed to murder her baby? She, she gave birth and murdered her. She'd go to prison forever. Yeah, and, and it frustrates there, me because I see these, fine. I see these, uh, you know, all these placards that they, you know, they carry around. A woman has a right to choose what she does with her body. Okay, that's fair enough. I'll give a right a woman a right to choose what she does with her body, but I won't give her a right to choose what she does with somebody else's body. Yeah, yeah. And that she has somebody else's body within her, mm -hmm. she has no right to, 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 you know, and, unless there are, you know medical reasons for doing so mm -hmm. and you know to preserve the life of the mother and so forth um kevin uh connolly connolly um liberal state member has stood up in parliament and said that the only legal right to take the life of another person should be in self-defense mm-hmm and I totally agree with him yeah, on this. Same. Now, you might disagree with uh, Monica and myself, and you might disagree strongly. Hey, our number is 1-800-324-843, and you're welcome to call through. But this is something that you know I feel very, very strongly about. And I know that a lot of people are going to feel badly when I talk about it, and people always feel bad. The point is this, and I'm not trying to be callous here, but this is, not, this is about the issue of right and wrong. Hmm. It's not about whether we're making people feel bad or not. It's an issue of right and wrong. And when right takes place, then ultimately there are going to be a lot more people feeling better than, you know, Absolutely. is the better of two evils. Yeah. We live in an evil world. I get that. Mm -hmm. And living in an evil world, you've got to choose the better of two evils. And you've got to take a long-term approach to this and recognize that, uh, you know, the suicide rate for 
mothers of you know abortion mothers mothers who have abortion is just incredibly high the depression rate is off the clock and we are not doing anything about this and you know we've had study after study after study that has come out and demonstrated this okay so um um yeah one of these 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 you know uh uh anyway where, where i was up to here um, spoke. Uh, oh, okay. He spoke on. Be- he said, "Okay." So Kevin Connolly said that he was speaking on behalf of children um, in Parliament, and of course, these are children who would be killed if the bill passes. And so, good on him, along with Finance Minister um, Dominic uh, Perotet and Damien. I've written these down badly. Um, but anyway, Dominic and Damien, Treasurer and Finance finance Minister, go guys, you've got our support right here. Speak up, we want to hear from you and we want to hear uh, what you're doing right there. Another, uh, very quickly, another another story coming out here is uh, from the Newcastle, University of Newcastle, um, Romany McGuffog, that's an interesting name. McGuffock has uh, pointed out that uh, done research on poor sleep and noted that poor sleep is one of the reasons why people living in low socioeconomic environments die so much younger and have such a higher rate of depression. Really? Yes. Poor sleep um, is a major culprit amongst, uh, if you're in a low socioeconomic environment, you are much more likely to not be sleeping as well. You might live uh, near a train track, you know, cheaper housing, noisy housemates, um, poor diet, all contribute towards poor sleep and will shorten your life considerably. Deliver me from mine enemies, oh my God. rise up against me deliver me but I will sing of thy power yeah I will sing aloud of thy mercy Rise 
That was Ron and Patty Valiant with Deliver Me here on Faith FM. Mon, give us another clue for this quiz. I am really trying to solve this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make it hard by sort of skipping a few and messing them up. But here is another clue for you. Who am I? I am a priest. All right. I'm going to have to come back to that because I can't even afford the time to sit here and cogitate on that one. Double prizes if you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM. And yet there you are, sitting there cogitating. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. Anyway, joining us on the phone this morning is David Haupt. David, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, listeners. And, of course, David is uh, filling in for a couple of months for uh, David Stojic. We're taking the, the, the place of, uh, of, of David Stojic's pro- program where we're talking about um, emotional health, amongst other things. And David Haupt has been working us through a series Dealing with shame, and as we were just chatting off air for a moment here before this segment started, he mentioned a really, really fascinating piece of research that uh, he was going to share. So, David, um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and share that with us because it is just, um, yeah, quite fascinating. Lyle, Alan Shaw makes the following statement based on research. He says that the self-organization, in other words, how our sense of self is formed, he says, of the developing brain occurs in the context of a relationship with another self, another brain. Now, it's very clear what he's referring to. He's referring to uh, pre-birth within the mother's womb. Two brains are really having an impact on each other. He then continues, he says, that this primordial relational context can be growth facilitating or growth inhibiting. And so it imprints into the early development right brain either a resilience against or a vulnerability to later uh, forming psychiatric disorders. 
this is scary. Mm. As, as, as a parent, bringing a child into the world, realizing that our own emotional stability or instability actually can have a major impact on our children's brain and their growth for their future. Okay, so if actually, you're if you're pregnant and you are filled with you know with, with dark thoughts, with negative thoughts, that will imprint on the child. Let's imagine that a mother is under major stress while while pregnant. Her body releases the stress hormone cortisol. It will be equal in the unborn child's bloodstream. In the unborn child, it actually affects the growth of the brain neurons. Wow. Yeah. So if you've, got, now, if, you've got a, if you've got a mother, say, for instance, who is in a uh, war zone or something like that, then the unborn child is going to be uh, placed under tremendous stress because the mother is under stress. Research that was done uh, and a discovery done about 10, 12 years ago, which today is, uh, is, is called epigenetics, says that the way that I live, the choices that I make today not only will impact my children, not only my grandchildren, but even my great-grandchildren's lives. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really... Um that should make you think twice about your choices. So this is to the third and fourth generation. Exactly. That is where I'm heading. In other words, while science just discovered this the other day, Scripture has known about this for, for many, many years because the design of humanity knows how sin and the impact of sin is going to impact our lives. Mm. So, uh, you know, Exodus 20 verse, verse 5, that God will visit the iniquities of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation. But that is not where that text ends, because if that is where that text ends, there is no hope for us. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Before, it oh, continues. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Yep. Go ahead. It, it continues saying that it is of those that hate him, but show mercy to thousands that love him. And this is where hope can be generated. In other words, neuroplasticity. In other words, the ability of the brain to to reapply itself. Okay, so let me let me let, let me use a uh, a scenario. Let me put a scenario out here for a moment, if I can, um, and and. Monica, can I, can, I, can I use you as a guinea pig this yeah, morning? Yeah, go on. Go all right, on. right. So, so your grandfather, mm-hmm. who fought on the Russian front mm-hmm. um, for Germany, and obviously a very long and um, and, and and terrible battle. You, your, your father shared with us one time that I think he was the only survivor of his unit. Mm-hmm. Um, we would assume that he had, you know, a PTSD. fair chunk of PTSD. Yeah. Does that mean then, David, that Monica can actually inherit? the PTSD of her grandfather? No, not not post-traumatic stress disorder, but she can inherit a deficiency on how to deal with stress. That sounds very good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Monica, you're doomed then. I guess no. So. <laughs> okay, so David, so David, this is the other side of the story: is that we we can inherit we can inherit these kinds of things, but we're not doomed. That's the good news that you're going to share with us. Now. I'm not going to share. I'm not going to share the good news now. I, I want to just thicken this plot a little bit. More. Okay. All right. All right. Do so. Do so. Um, remember, we're busy in a series, and I, I'm working up to the good news. Um, the John Hopkins University. 
did a fascinating study. They wanted to see what would be the predictor of which young people, they followed a group of young people, what would be the predictor of who would get cancer decades later in their life? They were doing a study on on, on young men, cancer. In other words, major health issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they they were doing a study on young men, and they discovered that the best predictor of who would develop major health problems was the closeness of the father son relationship early in their life. Now you're got to be. Joking, like a physical issue like cancer is related to an emotional issue of a relationship. Yes, let's thicken it further. That's that's really thickening the plot. I I feel like I'm really doomed because my grandfather had PTSD and my grandma was an alcoholic. So does that mean like there's no hope for me, David? (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, hang on. Because it better get better for me. I, I want you to hang on to neuroplasticity. We'll talk later about that. Sure, so sure, sure, sure. Don't go away. All right, all yeah. right. We're going to stay there. We're going to stay there. Uh, because my the, grandfather was in Rabaul, and that was a pretty bad place too. So, uh, but anyway, keep going. The Harvard of Mastery, uh, sorry, the Harvard Mastery of Stress Study uh, focused also initially on the father-son relationship, and they found that 82% of participants who had a low warmth and closeness with their fathers had diagnosed diseases in midlife. That's this compared only to 50% of those who had a high warmth and closeness score with the mother. But then they continued their studies to look at the relationship with the mother, and they found that 91% of participants who had a low warmth with their mothers had developed major um, midlife health crisis. Wow. Um, when there was a lack of closeness between mum and dad and the child, it developed to 100% chance of developing major problems. That is just, that you have, you have, I am stunned. It tells you about the importance now, of family. It does. It says so much about, uh, there's a million thoughts going through my head right now. So keep going, David. Keep going. I just want to keep going on this one. I'm just like sitting here with my mouth open. A young lady walks into my office. She's booked in. She sits down, burst out in tears. Next to her is a young man that is very clearly in love with her. Uh, you, you, You can just see it beaming from him. But she's weeping because she believes that she's a failure. She... Uh, has just graduated. The world has opened up in front of her. She can't see any of that. She only can see shame, hopelessness. I ask her to tell me, or, or rather to finish this sentence for me. Let's, let's call her Sandy. I said, Sandy is. And without even thinking, she says to me that Sandy is hopeless, Mm. means nothing. Mm. I said, since when did that idea come into your brain? She said, since I was three weeks old. I don't know about the two of you, but I can't remember what happened in my brain when I was three weeks old. Mm. I said, tell tell me about that incident that you're referring to. She said that uh, the neighbors saw the young mum and dad uh, coming home with this little bundle. They they just moved into the neighborhood and they 
they heard, the neighbours heard the baby cry from very early in the morning. By mid-morning, uh, the, the mothers in the neighbourhood went up and thought maybe they need to help this young mum and they knocked on the doors, knocked on the, on, on the windows but could raise no one on the inside where they could so clearly hear the baby crying. By late afternoon, they called the police. The police smashed one of the windows, got entrance into the house and found the little baby in the bassinet with a note stuck to a soiled baby grow that said, I can't handle her. I'm leaving. At three months old, the mother left. And at 23, the mother still had not returned. Wow. She carries the narrative, the narrative that she keeps on rehearsing in her brain that she was not worth it, and that is why her mother had left. Mm. Her reasoning is that if I held worth and value, mums would have come back or have taken me with her. Mm. Now, I I helped her to discover her mum. I did some research, found where her mother was, met with her mother, negotiated. She connected with her mother. It was very clear that the mother had her own mental health issues. Mm-hmm. But the distortion happens in the young lady's life that she carries the narrative of shame with her. In other words, mum left because she held no worth and value. Mm. Now, what's the outcome? Well, she she eventually, with therapy, realised that she has a distorted sense of self. Mm. That mother had an inability to care for her because of her own mental health issues. Her mother left because of her issues, not because of her daughter's issues. And it took a month, and yes, um, working with her on the area of neuroplasticity. So in other words, the question that I would like to ask our listeners is this. Who speaks my worth and my value? Is it, is it the, the parent that is struggling with their own psychopathological issues? Um, in other words, who are reflecting purely their own struggle to make sense of their own life. So Monica's grandfather who fought in the war uh, has an inability, uh, has a difficulty to deal with stress due to his post-traumatic stress. So whatever he will present to his family will in actual fact be his issues. has nothing to do with Monica. Right, Monica? I hope so. Exactly. But... It is so easy for us to accept that behavior as being reflective of who we are. In other words, that short-temperedness and sometimes even the the need to numb that pain uh, with the anesthetic of alcohol, Mm. which, by the way, doesn't bring healing. It actually brings further problems. Mm. So... I want to switch quickly and, and just, and I'll come back to this. Neuroplasticity, the ability to change the way that I think is so important. We will spend one full session on, on, on that topic. Oh, I'm looking forward but to that one. Just very briefly, who speaks my worth and my value? What is, who is more stable to speak 
my identity. I would like to suggest to us this morning that there's only one such person, and that is God. He says, I've loved you with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness I've drawn you. Uh, for the young lady, God says, I will never leave nor forsake you. Second Timothy comes with a powerful uh, suggestion here to us. He says in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, he says, Flee also, uh, also youthful lust. In other words, he gives three practical things to do. The first thing is for us, flee from those things that we so often want to make use of to numb our pain. But then he says, secondly, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. So first, flee our addictive behaviors that we use to numb. Secondly, he says, pursue righteousness, in other words, pursue a relationship with God. And then thirdly, he says, do it with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. In other words, surround yourself with people that will actually encourage you to derive your worth and your value out of the word of God, not out of the psychopathology of those around us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is what I would like to leave with your listeners today. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fantastic. David, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. Really good advice advice right there. And if you are looking for a community to, to surround yourself with, then give us a call. 1-800-324-843 and we will make that happen for you. And David, we look forward to joining you uh, joining us again next week. But right now we do need to move on the with the show. This is Michael Card with The Gentle Healer. The Gentle Healer came into our town today. Thanks, Daddy. That was fantastic. He touched blind eyes and the darkness left to stay. But more than the blindness, he took their sins away. The gentle healer came into our town today. The gentle healer came into our town today. He spoke one word that was all he had to say. And the one who had died just rose up straight away. The gentle healer came into our town today. Oh, he seems like just an ordinary man With dirty feet and rough but gentle hands But the words he says are hard to understand And yet he seems like just an ordinary The gentle healer, he left our town today. I just looked around and found he'd gone away. Some folks from town have followed him, they say. That the gentle healer is the truth, the life, the way.
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Do you enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great! I'll see you there. King of Babylon, bow your knees, the writing's on the wall. Your kingdom's days are numbered and it's just about to fall. Your gods of silver, bronze and gold can't save your soul at all. So king, you better sing some praise to heaven. The writing's on the wall, now once in Babylon. A king upon his throne, let wine and foolish pride go to his head. Then there appeared one night A hand by the candlelight And it wrote a note And this is what it said King of Babylon, bow your knees The writing's on the wall Your kingdom's days are numbered And it's just about to fall Your gods of silver, bronze and gold Can't save your soul at all so, King, you better sing some praise to heaven. The writing's on the wall. Some praise to heaven. 
The writing's on the wall.